Hi, and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. My name's Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently a board-certified behavior analyst working at a private center. The whole goal of this podcast is to help you with balance. So you'll have some episodes helping you at work and other episodes helping you outside of work. I hope you guys are excited to dive into today's episode. Let's get started. Welcome back to today's podcast, and let's get right to the point. My first couple of years of teaching, I sucked at parent communication. I was so bad at it. I didn't know what to communicate to parents or how often to communicate. I didn't have a streamlined system. I did not have a professional voice. I had no confidence. I also am the queen of avoiding social situations, so I would only reach out when issues arise. The only time I ever called home was to say something bad happened. I basically turned myself into an aversive person. And then I was surprised when I didn't have positive relationships with families. And looking back, it's so obvious. I put a lot of work into changing that the last couple of years I spent teaching and I still apply those skills now in my current job. And I'm excited to share what I learned in today's podcast. We're going to break this down into four main components, techniques to communicate, things to communicate, times to communicate, and tips to communicate. When you get stuck, think of the T's, techniques, things, times, and tips. I am doing a little mini series that this podcast is part of, and you'll hear that acronym multiple times. I'm trying to make it really easy for you guys to remember. So let's first talk about techniques to communicate. There are many ways to communicate with parents. You might prefer handwritten notes or a paper log. You might want to go digital using digital forms, email, other online methods. You might like apps connected through phones, or you might like to do phone calls or face-to-face meetings. I also find that it's helpful to ask parents what works best for them, but I will highlight three main ways that I would use to communicate. The first one was a paper-based log. So this is a traditional communication format and is the most often one I used when I first started teaching. You might write handwritten notes or you might use a pre-made template. The pre-made template is streamlined and it makes it easy to quickly highlight key points from the day. I always printed a ton of copies of the form and had them in a binder ready to go. The second one was apps. I had a parent request an app for communication and I was really hesitant, but when I tried it, I absolutely loved it. First, I have terrible handwriting and my parents struggled to read my notes, so digital was the way to go. Also, it was really nice because as teachers were really short on time, I loved being able to put kids on the bus and then go back to my classroom and type the note and send it to parents before their children made it home. It's really hard to write in eight, nine, ten different logs before all the kids go home at the end of the day. Another great thing about the app is it gave me a lot more options. So the one I used was Class Dojo. I used it a little bit differently because it's designed around using points and I just ignored that system, but I set up mini feeds for each student. It's almost like their own Facebook page. Parents loved it when I would snap a picture and post it with a short sentence. This usually took me less than 15 seconds to get up and it meant so much more to parents than a note at the end of the day. I also love this format because I could send videos. This was really helpful for sharing strategies with parents. If I was trying to talk to a parent through how to use equal groups in math, I could send a short video of myself using the strategy with the child. It made supporting them so easy and streamlined. Other apps that I hear 
used include see saw and remind and for this one parents knew when they signed up that i would be sending photos and videos through the app so that's something that they agreed to if parents weren't comfortable with that we just wouldn't use the app and i would go back to an email or paper-based format just in case anyone had that thought in their mind the third one is a digital form. This is another great way to share information. It's a little bit more aligned to the traditional handwritten format, but with it being digital, you never have to worry about the log getting forgotten at home or at school, and it has a really easy digital record. So to use this format, you'll want to have a Google form ready and make a unique copy for each student. If you have 10 students, you will need 10 separate forms. And each form will change the settings so parents get an email every time the form is filled out. It's super easy to do. Once you figure out your format for communication, what kind of things should we communicate? There are a lot of different things that we can share with families, but I'm going to break it down to three. The first one is little everyday things. This is your highlight reel. Parents want to know about those happy moments. Talk about the art project. Talk about the song they loved in Morning Calendar. Talk about the way they played at recess or the way they said hello to a teacher. Parents want to know these little moments. The second one is a little bit more obvious, but big takeaways. These are your really important moments. If a child uses their communication device independently for the first time, if the child meets a target goal, if we see a new behavior or there's an intensive behavioral episode, Share that as well. I love to keep things positive, but I also value being honest and direct. And I'll give you an example at the end of this podcast. But the third thing that's really important to share are school events because we want to keep our families connected to the school. I didn't always do this, but it's really important to provide our families with the same experience as all other families. This means making sure they know about school events like a STEM night, a multicultural night, a carnival, trunk or treat, an award show, anything like that. Invite them in the way other parents are invited in. That's a really important component. Let's also cover the times to communicate. So the first one is obvious, daily communication, because most self-contained classrooms use this. It's a great way to share standard information like what the child ate, when they went to the bathroom, basics from the day. And I also liked having an easy way for parents to communicate with me. If their child had been awake since 3 a.m. and skipped breakfast, it was helpful for me to know that. Daily communication helps everyone stay on the same page. And when you're working with children with more complex needs, that's very, very helpful to know. The second one I like to do was a class-wide newsletter. And so this ties into the concept of a classroom community. We want our families to have those same experiences as other families, and class-wide newsletters are a great way to do this. I like to send a monthly newsletter with more generic information. I might share that we're learning about weather and science, that we have a community trip to the library coming up, and our Earth Day party will be at the end of the month. It takes 15 minutes to do and goes so far in building the classroom up as a whole. And the third one I really valued was IEP time. So I love to bring parents in for a meeting or have a phone call before the IEP because I could find out more about their concerns and their focus in the home. If they wanted to share, I could find out about what the child was working on in private speech, OT, or ABA therapy. Taking this step helped me show the parents I highly valued their input and it helped me as I move forward in the IEP. I also like to continue the communication after the IEP. I enjoyed giving parents many trainings that they are interested. I found that some of my parents were really eager to work on IEP goals at home, but they were not sure where to start. By giving examples, I could show parents how to work on a skill. 
And another cool feature about Class Dojo, I could send pictures and videos and they could send them back. And I also wanted to note, I never expect my parents to work on IEP goals, but I would find that some of my parents would try and do it anyways. And sometimes they didn't understand the goal. And so I wanted to give them support. If you are going to work on the goal, here's the best way to approach it. And it went a really long way in building a supportive working relationship. And then the last thing are tips to communicate. So like I said, my finding my professional voice was really tough. Sometimes I was way too hard and blunt. Sometimes I was way too soft. And sometimes I danced around what I wanted to say. Finding my confidence was hard. But once I found it, I broke it down into three simple steps. The first one is be direct. Don't do the dance. Let's be direct about what's going on. And I'm going to use my dog as an example. I have a beagle named Buster. Let's say I took him to doggy daycare, and every time a dog came near Buster, he bared his teeth and growled. And I pick him up, they say, oh, Buster had a hard time socializing with other dogs. I'm going to assume that he was antisocial and slept in the corner. I don't know what that means, so I'm not going to know that that means something significant. Let's say the next time I take him, he does it again. He's growling at other dogs and baring his teeth. But when I pick him up, they go, oh, he wasn't feeling friendly today. And I go, okay, he's... He doesn't like other dogs. That's fine. And then the third time they say, ma'am, he can't come here anymore. He's dangerous. And I'm like, what do you mean he's dangerous? All you said was that he was antisocial. You see how they weren't direct with me, so I don't know what's happening. This is a totally made-up situation because Buster did, in fact, just sleep when he went to daycare. But it's a good example of what can happen when you're not direct. So be as direct as you can so families know what's happening in your classroom. The second one is to be honest. We're all human. We're going to make mistakes. The best thing you can do is be honest about it. If a parent asks for a document to be sent home and you forget, be honest. If there's a change in staffing or something else that could be impacting the student, be honest. Honesty goes so far in building and maintaining the respectful relationship. And the third thing is to be proactive. When you reach out to a parent about a problem, particularly if the problem revolves around behavior, it's helpful to be proactive. Don't just call and say, Johnny threw his blocks across the room. Call and say, Johnny threw his blocks across the room and I'm going to try X tomorrow to help. I can only imagine how hard it is to be the parent and have to be contacted about a behavioral problem. If I, as a professional, can call them and already be brainstorming a solution, We can shift the conversation from a guilt drive or defensive response to a response that is rooted in working together for the benefit of the child. I understand that working with parents is difficult, but I want you to remember that these children are their entire world. As I mentioned, I have a dog. I don't have a human child, but I have a fur son that I value above all else. He is my whole world, and I can only imagine how much more intense the love is when it is your child. So always remember that they are fighting for what they think is best. And the best thing that we can do is meet them where they're at and use these tips to foster the best relationship you can. I hope something in this podcast was helpful and I wish you all best of luck. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you guys found something useful and you can always come visit me on Instagram at Adaptation Station for more content all about work and life. I hope you guys join me for the next episode and have a good one.